Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. We'll also visit with Larry Reed. He is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and now author of Murder Mysteries, uh, the latest is no problem, and it is a terrific read. Uh, I should give it a try, Jim T- McTagg. It is October the 2nd, and on this day in 1965, a team of scientists invented Gatorade, a sports drink to quench thirst in a University of Florida lab. The name Gatorade, of course, is derived from the nickname of the university's sports teams, the Gators. Eventually, the drink became a phenomenon and made its inventors very wealthy. Early in the summer of 1965, University of Florida assistant football coach Dwayne Douglas met a group of scientists on the campus to determine why many of Florida players were so fatigued and negatively affected by the heat to replace bodily fluids lost during the uh, physical exertion. Dr. James Robert Cade and his team of researchers, Drs. James Free, uh, Dana Shires, and Alex DeQuaseda, uh, created the now ubiquitous sports drink. They developed a drink that contained salts and sugars that could be absorbed more quickly, according to University of Florida History of Medicine, and the basis of Gatorade was formed. <clears throat> In the early days, Gatorade was, wasn't a hit with the players. The drink reportedly tasted so awful that some athletes actually threw up after the, uh, consuming it. By 2015, however, royalties for the group that invented Gatorade, as well as some of the other family members and friends, had eclipsed $1 billion. I think we're all living without it. Uh, we'll be living without it, told, free told ESPN in 2015. But it has enabled us to do things like establish a family foundation, a family office. It also ha- has its challenges in that we cannot let what we have spoil us. So uh, some self-awareness there. Well, that's good. But Gatorade, of course, that, that really effect, had a positive effect because, of course, in the heat, people get hydrated so easily get cramping and so forth. Gatorade prevented that and uh, was a real hit with athletes after they corrected the taste problems. Well, U.S. stock market closed a mixed Friday, uh, and the S&P 500 NASDAQ closed out its worst month in 2023, down 4.9% and 5.8% respectively in September. Economists were concerned that a government shutdown combined with the ending of two COVID-era Government programs this weekend would deal a triple whammy to American wallets. Now it's just a double whammy. Of course, we'll talk about that in a moment. Child care on Saturday, $24 billion in funding to uh, support the child care system during the pandemic uh, periods expired. Going over to child care, Cliff could threaten women's historic gains in workforce during the past several years. Student loan repayments, a three-year moratorium on federal loan repayments, ended up the same day requiring 43 million borrowers to start paying back their IOUs to the government. As a result, up to $100 billion in consumer spending could be wiped out of the economy over the next year. Of course, that all represents free money uh, from taxpayers, uh, all these benefits that are not to say that uh, health care, or I should say uh, child care, is not essential. But uh, anytime you lose a benefit like that, it creates a, a real problem. Should it have been created in the first place? Well, that's another discussion. Well, former President Jimmy Carter celebrated his 99th birthday yesterday, which is something of a miracle, considering he wasn't expected to live more than a week after entering hospice in February, seven months ago. So happy birthday to uh, former President Jimmy Carter. Not our best president by a long shot. But he did some great things in his life, especially uh, supporting uh, Habitat for Humanity uh, in his later years after serving as president. Governor uh, Ron DeSantis announced that Florida has ranked number one for education freedom by the ALEC Index of State Education Freedom, a 50-state guide to parental empowerment. Uh, 
The index evaluated each state on school choice and family empowerment policies, which allow students a choice of educational options that best meet their needs. This new ranking further proves that Florida is the national leader in education, said Governor DeSantis, by focusing on academic achievement, expanding school choice, empowering parents, parents, uh, Florida continues to see unprecedented success in our classrooms. Florida rankings by category, number one overall, number one in funding and financing programs, and number one uh, in open enrollment. And that's just a small part of the list. Uh, also, the uh, public education and higher education is also outstanding and excellent. Also, Florida ranked number one in the nation for education by U.S. News and World Report and number one on the Heritage Foundation Education Freedom Report Card. Florida is also ranked number one in the Parent, parent Power Index. Well done. Uh, to this, uh, again, the governor, but also the legislature uh, certainly deserves credit, as well as the uh, super, uh, superintendent of education in Florida. <clears throat> well, you may be aware now that Diane Feinstein, the long-serving woman in the U.S. Senate, died at age 90, according to his, uh, multiple reports that surfaced Friday morning. The longtime California Democrat was struggling with health issues the past several months and was reportedly planning to retire at the end of her term. Governor uh, Gavin Newsom has said he would appoint an interim replacement, but has stressed the appointment would merely be a temporary situation until the upcoming election. Well, it didn't take long for him to change his mind on that. He uh, actually has picked LaFonza Butler, a Democrat strategist who rose to prominence in the labor movement to fill the Senate seat held by Dianne Feinstein. Uh, Butler is 44, is the president of Emily List, a national political organization that focuses on electing Democrat women who support abortion access. She has deep experience in Democrat politics, has previously served as president of a powerful labor union, is also the advisor to Kamala Harris's 2020 presidential uh, election campaign. Butler, a lesbian, will be the first out person of color to serve in the Senate and the first LGBTQ plus senator from California. Now, she lives in Maryland, which is kind of interesting since she's being appointed as the senator from uh, from California. I don't know how that's going to work out, but nevertheless, uh, the pick called uh, a snub by, of others running for the seat. Of course, that would include uh, Pencilneck. Uh, and so many other people that are they're wanting to be governor. So she has she has the opportunity to run again for to, to uh, not only to fill the seat until uh, Feinstein's uh, term is up, but also she can run again as senator. It gives her a leg up in the, in the election, I think. Well, top U.S. General Mark Milley retired Friday after a four-year tenure and was hailed by President Joe Biden as a warrior who served in war zones from Afghanistan and Iraq to Panama and Haiti. His tenure included the killing of Islamic State head Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi in 2019 and providing military assistance to Ukraine's defense after the invasion by Russia in February of 2022. But it also included the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan two years ago and a rocky relationship with former President Donald Trump. He handed over the uh, command to Air Force General Chief General Charles Q. Brown. The promotion of Brown, a former fighter pilot with experience in the Pacific, meant black Americans will hold the two top positions in the Pentagon for the first time, a major milestone for an institution that is diverse in its lower ranks, but largely white and male at the top. So another diversity coup uh, by the Biden administration. Uh, Biden has appointed Austin to become the first black U.S. Secretary of Defense, the top civilian post at the Pentagon. So hopefully General Milley has uh, worked out the problems with white rage and uh, figured all that out. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm just glad he's no longer going to be in the Pentagon. Well, the Supreme Court began a new term uh, Monday or tomorrow with a docket that includes cases on such uh, major issues as gun rights, the power of federal agencies, social media regulation, and a dispute over the availability of an abortion pill. The first case for the justices, six conservatives and three liberals, is a dispute from Iowa involving the sentencing of a nonviolent drug offender. Uh, the first major case is set for Tuesday, 
I'm sorry, that's tomorrow, today's Monday, when justices will consider the first of at least three disputes that could result in the new limits on the authority of regulatory agencies, a longstanding goal for many U.S. conservatives and business interests. Well, we had this EPA decision that seemed to limit uh, the power of regulatory ABC agencies, but uh, this apparently is going to be a more detailed investigation into this, which is needed and long coming uh, for some important cases that are coming up on the docket on the Supreme Court. Well, our socialist representative Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm in the House after uh, office building Saturday as Democrats tried to delay the bipartisan vote on a Republican stopgap spending bill. The wild incident of the Cannon building was caught on camera and confirmed by several witnesses. An investigation into why it was pulled is underway, a spokesperson for the GOP-controlled administration committee told The Post, confirming the incident. Now, people in the January 6th situation, they were accused of uh, trying to interrupt uh, an official proceeding, which is, it's a law, up to 20 years in prison. So Jamal, uh, Jamal Bowman, I'm sure, is hoping for leniency and, and people overlook this. My hope is if it, uh, we have some equal justice here and if the people in prison and uh, getting sentenced because of January 6th, uh, J- Jamal Bowman has interrupted an official proceeding and should pay the consequence uh, legally according to the law. Well, President uh, Joe Biden signed a temporary spending deal that will uh, pass by Congress, narrowly avoiding a government shutdown just one hour before federal funding was set to lapse on October the 1st. That's yesterday. The bill hit a snag in the upper chamber after Senator Michael Bennett threatened to stall the passage because of its exclusion of Ukraine aid and a uh, perversion that was stripped from the bipartisan bill due to lack of GOP support. The delay pushed the final vote until 8.30 p.m., giving lawmakers only a handful of hours to uh, deliver the legislation to the president's desk. We will not stop fighting for more economic and security assistance for Ukraine, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer chirped uh, in a a statement. And also, uh, Biden made a public statement saying that he hopes that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the the House Majority Leader, will uh, Speaker of the House, I should say, will keep his promise by coming through with a spending bill for Ukraine. Um, not happy with that. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. Good. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. (laughs) What I like best is a blend of great food, uh, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy. Your Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. 
The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with President Emeritus of the Foundation for Government, uh, I'm sorry, for Economic Education, Larry Reed. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Great for kids of all ages. I hope you check it out again, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. Well, uh, Croatia is a new entry into the discussion. Well, actually, it's Slovakia. I meant I wrote you Croatia, but I meant Slovakia. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what's going on in Slovakia? Okay, first of all, a little bit of um, uh, history. Slovakia was part of Czechoslovakia, as people used to know it. The, uh, after, the, after the Soviet Union fell apart, yeah. uh, Czechoslovakia <clears throat> divided into two parts, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia was one of the strongest supporters of Ukraine. They had an election uh, yesterday, I guess it was, and the pro-Putin party uh, won that election. Uh, So Slovakia is about to go from the most anti-Putin country to one of the few pro-Putin parties in in, in Europe. I have no doubt that the Russians were behind a a large uh, social media and other campaign to influence voters in Slovakia, the same way they've been doing in the United States and all the parts, all other parts of the world, recently, um, we can show direct correlation between uh, people not no longer supporting Ukraine and uh, the acts of the Russian government and their media um, efforts. Let's put it that way: of misinformation, false information, and all the things that they do. So it's very effective. Yeah, thank you, no Mark. Question about it. So. Tell us about in Slovakia the uh, system of government there. I mean, does this election mean that there will be support for Putin and uh, Russia? Or uh, it's a parliamentary system where they receive the majority. It sounds like, and they will form the government. How much it's unclear. How much the effect will be is not totally clear. They are members of the EU. I think they're members of NATO. So it's going to be a little bit uh, uh, questionable what you know what they're going to be able to do and not be able to do. Yeah, but the party that won was, you know, ran on a pro-Putin uh, platform, pro-Putin and populist. Yeah, so um, tell, tell us more about the... a lot these days. Yeah, uh, tell us more about the populist uh, part of the platform. In other words, uh, are, are they for... Uh, they're not for globalism. They want their own uh, go- government. They want their own... That's just go- government is not. They, of course, they're anti-immigrant, which uh, is pretty standard yeah um there you know they also talked about that there's some economic difficulties and they're going to solve the problem you know that's always the populist thing follow us and we'll put a you know put a chicken in every pot as the old u.s uh i forgot which president was running ran on harding and then warren g harding warren g harding okay so uh they, they followed that playbook you know the we'll bring economic success uh to the country um, so that's more than more than anything else, um, but it's you know it's very much a populist platform, very anti-immigrant. Not that Slovakia has many immigrants. You know, it's one of the interesting things. There aren't that many immigrants in Slovakia. They haven't come there, but it's always a good thing to hold over people is 
is immigration. So, so in a recent went on. there's a recent development in Poland, and this is on our list to discuss. But nevertheless, uh, as I recall, some, uh, the uh, relationship between Ukraine and Poland is starting to freeze up a little bit. Well, there were some issues. Uh, it's a multi-level level sort of situation. The the issues between Poland and Ukraine are really just a question of economic and question of wheat and uh, export of wheat because uh, the Poles are afraid that the Ukrainian wheat will uh, will compete with their wheat. But the military support remains strong. Poland is the main arms center for all the arms that are going into Ukraine, and you, and Poland is of course a very, very strong supporter of NATO and the United States and is buying billions and billions of additional armaments to probably become the largest army in in Europe. In the meantime, there were a million people in the streets of Warsaw yesterday protesting against this government, particularly its its right-wing policies on abortion and and freedom. And, of course, they've limited the power of the court system. They've done a whole bunch of things to turn it into a semi-autocratic state, and like I said, a million people came out on the streets of, of Warsaw yesterday to protest, and in other cities as well. And that's protesting so, the government in Poland? In Poland, right. Not the, not support for Ukraine, which is very strong among the, amongst the Polish people. Remember, almost all of Eastern Europe remembers being dominated by the Russians, and no one has, no one has pleasant memories. That's why the victory in Slovakia clearly is something out of the ordinary, because mm-hmm. again, the Slovakians were uh, were occupied by the Russians for all those years. You know, the Prague Spring, if anyone remembers the history in 1968, Prague was, of course, in the Czech part of, of Czechoslovakia, because it was in Prague, but it also affected Slovakia as well, and anti-Soviet feelings are very strong in the country. So it's very interesting that this party was able to pull off this victory. Well, thank you for that. So uh, let's move to Ukraine. What's going on in Ukraine? Ukraine, two things are happening on the um, on the battlefield. Every week is more or less the same news: incremental advances, incremental advances, a couple of miles here, a couple of miles there. None of the breakthroughs that everyone's been hoping for, um, but none of the defeats that the Russians have been trying to get either. So the Ukrainians keep on pushing them back, uh, but there's, I believe, the number is 20 million mines that the Russians managed to put. Oh. In, 20 million. That's, that's, just a, to, that's, that's just appalling. That's just going to destroy lives and create people without limbs. It's just awful. No, absolutely. I mean, there was a reason why um, many countries signed an agreement to uh, no, to, to outlaw mines. Yeah. Uh, because of what they do as, you know, secondary. And, you know, there are always stories all over the world here in Israel as well of people accidentally walking into an old minefield. Yeah. And it's very hard to get rid of all the mines, so um, it, it's a it's a big problem. But the Ukrainians are, are slowly, slowly, ever so slowly moving forward um, in, in the battlefield. Uh, today, the EU is holding the, me- the meeting of their foreign ministers. For the first time, they're holding the meeting outside of the EU. It's taking place in Kiev. So the foreign ministers of of the EU are showing their their support. Yeah, by holding the meeting inside of uh, at, at Kiev. So, you know, one can say one could be surprised, quite honestly, of how strongly the Western Europeans have come out in support of Ukraine, and not only in terms of um, you know speaking and not in terms of giving money, but giving a lot of arms and all the things that we've been talking about for years in terms of the the uh, European countries not sharing the burden enough. They're all spending billions and billions and billions to rearm at this point. So, as so, I understand it, some tanks should have arrived in t- into uh, Ukraine by now, and uh, apparently some some uh, F-15 aircraft, if I'm not mistaken. F-16s. 16. Uh, we're selling F-16s. It's not quite clear where the F-16s stand. I don't think their pilots have completed training yet, but it'll happen soon enough. Um, I think the Danes are giving them their F-16s. I understand what a lot, a lot of countries are doing is they're giving them their current uh inventory of aircraft and other and tanks and everything else and then buying new stuff as well, yeah, at the same time so to backfill what they're giving away huh. um, so and of course arms industries worldwide are doing really well um, in Texas the largest shell plant in the world is being uh, is being built and it'll employ a couple hundred people um, and just producing shells around the clock because there just aren't enough of them wow Mark we need to take thing. We need to take a little break. Can you stick around? 
Absolutely. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They know the politics and they know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now, we continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCenter.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. So, uh, Mark, there's news in Britain. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, this basically is really relating to the upcoming elections. And at the moment, the Conservative Party is trailing quite a bit after winning the last group of elections. They're very unpopular at the moment, Hmm. uh, partly due to the fact that Brexit is very unpopular, and they're the ones who brought about Brexit. And so now, we're about three years after Brexit, or four years at this point, uh, there's a lot of regret. Uh, because of all the complications Brexit has brought, and none of the supposed gains have the British people experienced. Well, um, they have so, more uh, home rule, so they have a little bit more control in what's happening in their own country. But what are some of the losses that that you see as consequence of uh, of Brexit? Well, there are two, there are two levels of, of losses. One is, of course, the economic, and quite clearly Britain has been hurt economically by the fact that it's, uh, it's not, no longer part of the free trade zone. Many corporations decided to uh, put their headquarters in the EU itself and not in London, which would, which had been the place everyone wanted to be. And so that's hurt employment, and that's hurt um, the sense of you know London being this important place. The second part is just all the the the, the small things like you know they they don't move freely in and out of Europe like they used to. You just get you know. You just get on the train and you're in Europe and there's no passport, nothing else. All those things are no longer the case. Mm. And so people are finding that annoying. Um, they, you know, this question of, of, you know, what they've gained, I mean, it's on paper. They have ex- more power and the quote-unquote bureaucrats in Brussels have less power, but it really hasn't had much of an effect. Mm. Um, you know, again, it comes down to policy, right? In other words, we can all talk about the fact that we're losing control. We don't have, you know, the government is doing X, Y, and Z, but that X, Y, and Z is really what's important. It's not who's doing it. It's what's being done. So and when is the next election? 
I think it's in about six months. Okay, so that's so, so you 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 think you're going to see some uh, some repercussions. We're going to see some real repercussions. At least all the polls right now are showing it, and the uh, conservative party is in a bit of a panic, trying to reinvent themselves. Mm. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, thanks for the update. Let's move to China. So China is the ongoing crisis we've been talking about, <clears throat> but the real estate crisis seems to be going getting worse. Uh, the biggest Chinese uh, real estate company has gotten to the point where it's unable to meet all of its bond payments. Um, there's talk about nationalizing it, although what that means in China is hard to do. It's not, not a straight, a direct line. Mm-hmm. The big question is, you know, how much is the government going to have to come in and, and save the real estate market? It's a complicated issue because the real estate market represents a quarter of the economic activity in, in China. And it's come to a complete halt. Uh, building starts are down to the levels they were in 2015. Um, and um, it's becoming a real problem. It's becoming a problem for the municipalities because the municipalities basically finance their government operations by selling land to build buildings. Yeah. And so that's ceased almost totally at this point. Well, and of course, and so, the, the, the real victim here is the, uh, the investors and the people who invested in, in the real estate. That would be, be the uh, Chinese citizens, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it seems to me this kind of sets the pins for uh, some sort of revolt by the Chinese. Eh, I don't think it'll be a revolt. I think you'll, you'll see the government step in. Uh, there'll, there'll be a banking crisis, which the government will then come in and backstop the banks in some similar ways that happened in the United States. A lot of the banks... Uh, banks' assets will be wiped out, uh, so they won't be available to do other things, but I think we'll see that happen. You know, the, look, the overall economy is in deep trouble. The reason it's in trouble really fundamentally comes down to the fact that to some extent, China was a pyramid scheme in the sense that it kept on building and building and building and expected right. to keep on building, right. except they ran out of people. They simply ran out of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we think back of China, we don't think about China running out of people. But that's exactly what's happening in China today. Yeah. And so, so are there demography pro- is to some extent destiny. And so uh, are there programs like Social Security, Medicare, so forth? That China, in other words, uh, do we have a smaller number of people trying to support a large, growing, uh, aging populace? Yes, you do. You clearly have that problem very much so. Um, less people to pay taxes. And the population, the aging population is growing. You know, very similar to what's happened in most of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically all of the northern hemisphere of the world shares the same problem. The U.S. a little bit less because of immigration. Canada a little bit less because of immigration. But basically all the northern hemisphere you know, has the same problem. A, a drastically dropping birth rate. And, of course, uh, people living longer. So you have a higher and higher percentage of people who are aged. Yeah, and uh, the uh, one-child p- policy, that's going to take years, maybe decades, to correct. See, I don't know if it's correctable. You know, one of the problems is that, yes, they no longer require them to have one child, but couples don't want to have more than one child these days. It's expensive to bring up a child in China mm-hmm. because everyone has to excel, and the tutoring and all the things that go on are very, very expensive. And as we've seen all over the world, there seems to be a shared view of not really wanting to have too many children yeah. or have children at all. Um, and this is a worldwide phenomenon that we're seeing, and I think it's it's clearly in the West, but I don't think it's limited to the West, as we see in China, as we see in Japan, uh, Korea, Taiwan, everywhere. Any places that has become uh, reasonably affluent, we're seeing lower and lower birth rates. Yeah. Can you so. comment, is, it, uh, is China, uh, the other part of that is the... Uh, possible aggression against Taiwan and in other parts of the world. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm a little bit skeptical. I mean, look, a regime that's in trouble sometimes takes action to, to change the, the discourse, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about Taiwan instead of talking about the economy. And of course, that's always going to be a problem. Um, but we don't know, and the Chinese don't know, how good their army is. Is their army able to take on the Taiwanese? Um, and you know, the biggest problem, of course, is crossing the straits. It's very nice to to do what you want to do, but it's very difficult to cross the straits and make an amphibious landing. Remember how long the United States was working at D-Day in the sense of how many much smaller landings it had all over the Pacific and then in the North Africa and then in 
Sicily and then in the boot of Italy until they got to, to, to D-Day. Yeah. So landing in Taiwan is D-Day for the Chinese, and it's very hard to go from zero to 100 in one day. And did I read that the Taiwanese are developing uh, a navy, or they're developing a, a new... new so uh, they launched their first, their, their first submarine, mm-hmm. a home-built submarine. They have a couple of old submarines they bought, uh, but they've developed their own home-built submarine. Um, I would assume it's a diesel-electric submarine, uh, which makes sense for them, and I would assume it's quite, you know... Uh, quite successful in um, its design and everything else. It's designed wholly by the, by the Taiwanese, and um, we'll have to see. They're planning to build ten of them. Interesting. So, hey, Mark, before I let compared to the Chinese Navy, but yeah, be- before I let you go, I just wonder if there's uh, you're in uh, Tel Aviv right now, uh, and uh, there's a lot going on in the Middle East right now in Iran, and uh, relationships are changing and developing. Uh, Any time. Well, yeah, the biggest news right now is this potential three-way deal between Israel, the United States, and Saudi Arabia. Uh, the basis of the deal is uh, Saudi Arabia will get a defense pact, not a treaty, but some sort of a defense guarantees from the United States, um, and they'll be allowed to develop uh, their own nuclear reactors under U.S. Uh, control of some kind or another, and in return... Um, the Saudis will establish diplomatic relationship with Israel, and Israel will take certain steps to um, ease the conditions of the Palestinians. That's the, the, the outline of this agreement that, if you would have asked me six weeks ago, I was very skeptical. At this point, it seems, I won't say likely, but more and more possible to happen. And that will be, of course, a, a big change. And a good change. Uh, so, yeah, a good change if it takes place, definitely a good change. Mark Schulman, again, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We hope you check out multimedia website. Great for kids of all ages, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. 
changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. They've got some great performances coming up. You can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us uh, Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. We are headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, but our focus is on young people all over the country and occasionally abroad. Uh, We educate and inspire students of high school and college age in ideas of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property, limited government, and personal character. And we do that not only through our website, which is fee.org, where you'll see daily fresh commentary and free courses and uh, also uh, video, but uh, also in person at events on campuses and in schools all over the country. Terrific organization. I've attended uh, national conferences, and it's so exciting to see young people celebrating liberty and freedom and responsibility. I just encourage, if you have somebody that's of college or high school age in your life, introduce them to this terrific organization. Fee.org is the website, F-E-E.org. So, Larry, this is uh, your last uh, show with the Bob Harden Show, and I just, uh, now I'm going to uh, getting ready at, uh, to, to go through a new passage in your life. Just really appreciate the tremendous contribution you've made to, uh, to our listeners over the time. So thank you so much for that. Well, it's been my pleasure, Bob. <clears throat> I've enjoyed our get-togethers, and I didn't write down the date when we started, but I think it's got to be at least 15 years, and we've covered a lot of topics, and you've been very generous in allowing me to come on uh, with such regularity, and and also to promote fee. Uh, so I thank you. I think I owe you more than you owe me. Well, <laughs> the feeling is mutual, believe me. So one of the things that I've heard you give speeches so many times, one of my favorites is uh, the, uh, and you speak with such passion about this whole notion of uh, freedom is linked with responsibility. I wonder if you could comment on that for our listeners. I'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, you hear a lot of people talk about uh, freedom or liberty uh, who do not mention the other side of the coin, which is responsibility, because if you want to live in a society where you get to make the choices and you uh, plan your life uh, according to your goals and ambitions, it means that uh, you've got to govern yourself considerably. Uh, People who will not govern themselves will sooner or later be governed, I can guarantee you that. Mm -hmm. So responsibility is very much a part of that. It means uh, not just uh, expecting people to leave you alone, but also expecting or allowing them to expect that you'll leave them alone, uh, that you'll be uh, uh, accountable for your actions, you'll learn from your mistakes, that you'll step up to the plate and Uh, take responsibility if you've made a mistake, uh, and not foist your problems uh, or your ambitions upon other people unwillingly. You know, and there's a dearth, a lack, in many cases, of people taking responsibility in their own lives. And you say, first of all, that uh, if if you if you don't self-govern, as you mentioned, there's going to be somebody stepping in to govern you. I think eventually that's going to happen with everything that's happening in San Francisco, with uh, the the uh, thefts that are going on, that stores are being closed, demonstrating a real lack of personal responsibility. Yeah, that's right, and and along with that is a tremendous disregard for uh, the long term, uh, as well as the. Uh, full range of consequences of your own actions. But when people, as you've mentioned in San Francisco, take to the streets to riot or uh, burn businesses and so forth in uh, political protests, uh, it's as though they're thinking of uh, the immediate and not much beyond uh, what they can see today. Because the long-run consequences of that activity is, of course, the discouragement of enterprise. It causes good people to leave. It makes your city... Uh, decay and disintegrate, and that's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. Uh, but the failure to consider the long run and to be responsible in your behavior and respectful toward others, um, you know, all of that c- contributes to uh, a decline in society uh, into chaos and disorder, which sooner or later some strong man will come in and, 
and uh, and end by knocking heads together. That's the way liberty is lost historically uh, so many times. People allow their character to fall apart, and they misbehave toward others, disrespecting their lives and property. And then the strong man uh, appears in the scene to bring order, and there goes uh, your liberty. Yeah. And, and Larry, uh, one of the most inspiring parts of the th when I've heard you speak about this, there's something that each of us can do about it, and that's to take personal responsibility and live uh, what the life that we expect uh, for everybody here in the United States. Yes, I think there's much to be offered in the uh, teachings of the Stoic philosophers, uh, the Stoicists or Stoics, uh, uh, said that, look, there's a lot in life that you don't have control over, but uh, so you shouldn't waste your time fretting about those things. But over those things over which you do have control, you should uh, endeavor to take charge of and apply uh, the, the principles of strong character uh, in order to get through the difficult times and to shine during the good ones and to be an inspiration to other people. Uh, you don't uh, come into life uh, with some kind of entitlement other than the right to be free. Uh, otherwise, you've got to work, you've got to produce, you've got to learn to associate freely and voluntarily with other people, and, and be the kind of person that uh, other good people will want to emulate. And the good news is that uh, this is contagious. In other words, if, you, if uh, I'm living a life uh, that is, is exemplary in terms of freedom and living up by rule of law and the Constitution, it, that has influence on other people. Yeah, uh, as well as your own conscience. So sooner or later, your own conscience is going to catch up to you. Uh, and if you've wronged other people in any systematic uh, way, uh, you know, it, you may gain some short-term benefits from that, but in the long run, it's going to prick your conscience, and you'll recognize that uh, there's a price to pay for that. And everybody should want to uh, set themselves up to depart this life at some point, uh, being able to look back and say, hey, I made mistakes, of course, I'm human, but uh, I try to do what I knew to be right as often as possible. Uh, such uh, great wisdom from those words. And again, Larry Reed, the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. I hope you'll visit the website, fee.org, fee.org. Larry, it's been great having you on the show. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Jim McTagg. He is the former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. He retired a couple of years, and he's been writing some fantastic murder mysteries. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center serves terrific breakfast and lunch. And now they're serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is terrific. Some great seafood items and uh, some comfort food and all, snapper, grouper, you name it. That chef is a, f- a former chef at uh, the Turtle Club. So it does a great job and great value. I, we walked out of there uh, one day, had a wonderful dinner that cost less than $35. So anyhow, uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping, shopping Center. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and the author of many murder mysteries. His latest is No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Jim. So uh, usually you're bringing up uh, topics of natural and national interest. Uh, what's on your mind today? Uh, the economy and the strength of the economy. Uh, you know, I'm 74 years old, so I lived through the great Lyndon Johnson inflation uh, that, that just made life so difficult during the uh, decade of the 70s. So, so I, feel, I feel like I've been through the war. And when I see in the headlines that we're headed for a soft landing and people on Wall Street who are uh, advocates of this soft landing theory hoist a mission accomplished banner, mm-hmm. um, I laugh because uh, uh, what I see in the economy is it's still roaring you know, inflation is like uh, one of those monsters in a movie where, you know, the hero thinks he's slain the monster and it pops up again for a final attack. Uh, I, I think we're in for that. And, and, and one of the reasons is uh, I went to a job fair, first job fair I've ever gone to in my life, hmm. in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which, which I see... Lancaster County has a a very strong economy, which I use it as a proxy for the United States. And employers are desperate for workers, especially uh, blue-collar workers. So um, they just can't find enough people. That tells me that wages are going to have to rise even further, and that, together with higher gasoline prices is uh, an ingredient for much more stubborn, higher inflation. Yeah. No, you can, you can see that as well, and uh, all of the signs point to higher or continuing inflation, maybe at a reduced rate, but certainly continuing. And, and what happens is when inflation goes down, it doesn't mean prices drop. It simply means they go up slower than they were going up before. <laughs> so, Well, I, yeah, I was amazed that there were 84 employers and they covered uh, every area of the economy. But where I particularly heard signs of desperation from employers was uh, in manufacturing. If you're a, if you're a welder, um, you can pretty much uh, demand any kind of pay you want right now. Uh, industrial painters. I don't know what an industrial painter does, uh-huh. but every manufacturer I talked to said we need industrial painters. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, companies that, that uh, deliver food goods. They need, they need truck drivers. Schools are desperate for school bus drivers. Lancaster uh, County, like Florida, is a huge retirement mecca. Yeah. And the reason, that, reason is Pennsylvania is doesn't tax your retirement uh, income. Although, uh, real estate taxes here are on the side of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but but having said that, we have a lot of elderly care places. You know, they provide everything from independent living to assisted living to to, to you name it. Uh, they are desperate mm-hmm. for people. They get, they just can't get enough. Um, it's funny. We have a uh, technical college in Lancaster. Um, it's a part of the Penn State uh, system, and the tuition is—it's uh, a two-year program, and the tuition's about uh, 
$8,000 a year. Hmm. The kids the kids that graduate from that, I mean, uh, businesses suck them up like it's a, uh, like they're coming. It's a vacuum cleaner, you know, so. And probably making uh, really good money once they take the job, too. Uh, they are. I mean, I think they're starting out uh, close to $20 an hour, which is not bad for a young kid. And then you're getting out of there. And, you know, maybe you have under $20,000 in college debt, as opposed to um, the people who go just for a BA and you read about, have you know, enormous uh, debt. Plus the fact that uh, you can go, they have some kind of a deal with a, a local college is that, you know, once you get your associate's degree, you can go on and get a bachelor's degree. So it's... Uh, you know, for people, for young people who are impatient to get out and work, uh, it's an avenue for them to get self-sufficient and then, you know, get the higher degree uh, reasonably down the road. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, the Quite frankly, uh, college educations, I should say attendance is down. We're having fewer and fewer people enroll in uh liberal arts degrees and so forth, so the uh, English majors and that type of thing. I, I read it also that uh, many people who get into take journalism are regretting their decision uh, after graduating. I can see that. I mean, actually, the local newspaper was trying to hire, too, and their pay is uh, about half of what everybody else is offering, number one, oh. you know, because it's a dying, you know, print journalism is a dying industry. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I think, uh, if I were young today and looking for a career, uh, having been a journalist and loved it, having lived through the golden age, I, I wouldn't pursue that, uh, path anymore. Right. The, the, um, but the amazing thing, we have, the, the school I was talking about here is called Thaddeus Stevens, and it's the only university in Pennsylvania that actually added students this year you know uh, the, your 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 higher degree universities are losing uh students and i think thaddeus stevens if i remember correctly grew about eight percent so it's uh pretty amazing so what we see is a fundamental change in the economy a huge demand for blue-collar workers and again i i wonder why the fed uh, governors don't step out of their ivory tower mm -hmm. and go to a job fair like I did and talk to the employers and they would see that um, uh, probably going to have to raise interest rates at least one more time this year. Uh, my own prediction, and I, I'm very bearish, I'm a perma bear, is that they'll have to raise twice between now and the end of 2024. I, so the, the strong hiring tells me that inflation is far from dead and you know, uh, we better get ready for it, especially if you're on a fixed income. So, you know, Jim, I'm uh, for uh, legal immigration. I detest the fact that we have people flooding the country illegally, and we don't know who's coming in, and uh, there's just a number of unfortunate consequences as a result of that. But there are some able-bodied folks that are here that could get work permits that have the ability to contribute uh, by taking on a blue-collar job. Uh, yeah, we just don't have the mechanism that we should have to interview these people and to pick the um, pick the roses from the thorns. Yeah, you know, uh, number one, and number two, uh, we should be able to tell these illegals where they have to live and work for a, for a time. So, for example, you know, the demand for employees is much stronger in the southern states than it is in the west or the northeast. So we should be able, if we had if we had a rational mechanism, we would steer the creme de la creme of the illegals to the the companies in, in these areas. But you know, Congress, this has been going on since the Eisenhower administration. Yeah. Congress's failure to address illegal immigration, and um, I I have. I'm not holding my breath that Congress will suddenly get smart and fix things. No, I, me either. Jim McTague, again, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief, author of some great uh, murder mysteries, Follow the Leader, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and its sequel and his latest, No Problem, by Jim McTague, M-C, capital T-A-G-U-E, check about. 
and, and get a copy. Jim, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests lined up for tomorrow. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoy the show, and if you do, I hope you pass on the word to your friends and let them know, uh, because if we increase our listenership, of course, we reward our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>